I'm John Paul Murphy. And I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. On this episode, we'll be discussing Westworld Season 2, Episode 3, titled Vertu e Fortana. What a great episode. Great episode. Before we start talking about the episode, Christian, I want to uh, bring up the title and discuss its meaning, and we can kind of keep the meaning open throughout the show. So it comes yeah. from, most. it's most associated with uh, Machiavelli and his work, which means uh, basically virtue or luck. Um, and it's kind of how about if you really want to be a good leader in control of your sort of government or empire, you need to minimize luck and maximize virtue so that you have the least amount of unexpected things to happen in your life or in your domain and you maximize the amount of control you have over it so you know that's so just something to keep in mind which i feel like in the current uh season two of this endeavor there's now a lot of luck happening within westworld and a lot of virtue has gone out the window yeah, this season feels a lot about determinism more than even the first season does when In, it comes to yeah. the idea of control, right? Which is a part of that. I think the first season was kind of all about the reveal about how, like, for years, this entire world, this entire system was about reducing the amount of unlucky chances and how that was all garbage, basically, because there was so many things going on undermining right. everything. That now it's all coming to fruition for everybody. Yeah, well, all the chickens are coming home to roost. Correct. And so now we're it's just pure Fortana. Like It speaks very well to the new location that we see in the first scene. That The title of this episode really speaks to what we see at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, it's a great, I think, a little short that we get because... Yes, yes. One, it sets up a lot of things. Uh, basically, we are introduced to a very brand new world, another park. This is the first time we've really seen another park within the supposed six-part system of the Delos Corporation. This scene, this whole sequence felt very Michael Crichton to me. Yes. They were yeah. really channeling Jurassic Park in many ways. Yeah, and part of our theory, we both have discussed the idea of a jungle safari world a hunting world if you will correct and we actually got a so uh we opened the episode with we're in what appears to be pre-revolutionary india basically yes. um it's still kind of like the the way the style the dress everything kind of uh looks like british rule within india i would say that before we go any further into discussing what happens there we may as well put out the information as to what this park is officially called so that way we can just continue to refer to it that way without yes. having to go back and do it the area is called the raj or raj world you can find this out by going to delosdestinations.com that's an official hbo again this is our podcast we are not reading spoilers we're not on the reddit the subreddit groups we don't want to find out things before anyone else does we want to engage with each other and you if you want to write into us or write into us at hashtag watch world but we don't want real spoilers. We want real theories and speculation. But this is officially put out by HBO. It's called the Raj. Now, John, I looked up what Raj means. Okay. Speaking of looking up names to things, the Raj is the period of British rule in India. And that makes total sense, I think, to this entire endeavor. This entire opening sequence is a pre-credits. We meet these two characters and we meet a woman who is a, a guest within the park. 
she meets a man. They're both, I think, British or white or basically Western of some degree. Um, they go back to her place, her like little like hotel room, and she proceeds to do. She she appears to have been in this park many times before, or many parts of the park, because she, yeah, she is very untrustworthy of whether of what people are actually hosts or not. I have many theories about her. But we'll, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So before you get to your theories about her, I just want to explain what happens in it is that uh, she meets this man. This man's kind of like, you know, basically they're going to go bang in her hotel room. Now, while you were watching this happen, where or when did you think we were? At first, I thought it was in the past. That's what I thought and at first she as did, well. I thought this was like a throwback. She came off as a young Teresa or, you know. that's And she looked that way. Yeah. So that's why at first I was like, oh, this is a, a something in the past with her character. When she meets this man, this other guy, uh, she does the test of saying, like, if you're really not a host, I'm going to shoot you. And it should just be nothing more than a sting on you. It should be fine. Um, clearly from. So he, she shoots him and he's fine. So he's human. It's interesting to see this lack of trust. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? It's not something I feel like we've experienced before between the guests and the host. Which makes you think she's more than just a guest. She is someone that is yes. someone that is in tune to what's happening within the park, per se. And I think it spoke a little bit to the audience, too. She's sort of this character that, similar to the audience, is like, are you real or not? Because it's we're at the point now where we have to start to question every new character that shows Correct. up. Even all the even if they're presented as human, we need to know like for sure. Right. It was a great scene. Was this the sexiest scene of Westworld? This was a hot. I mean, scene. I did not like think of it that way, but I guess I'm like trying to think back. I don't know. I think Maeve and Hector's like like doing it in the fire thing was probably hot. was oh, literally was hotter. <laughs> yeah, literally, the temperature could not have been higher than in that scene. Yeah, so sure, that's and we'll, and actually we'll get to them later regarding their their stuff. It was interesting in this pre credit scene, so because she shoots him and he's fine. He just has nothing but a a sting basically. But then I'm assuming some time has passed in between that moment and then later when they go out to like the edges of the park to hunt Bengals and essentially we get caught up to everything going to shit because one of their guides or one of their assistants says the these violent delights have violent ends and proceeds to shoot the guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a jump. There's some things that happen right before that. There's the really important part. She opens up her notebook when they first get down off freaking host elephants, <laughs> which was awesome. Host elephants are so cool. But she opens up this notebook. What was in the notebook? She has a notebook, and I took a screen grab of it. In her notebook, it's a map. So she's looking for something, and it doesn't look like she is just looking to find... Bengals. Yes. And the, she has this... There are two sort of um, hexagons that overlap each other, and it's the same symbol that came up on the uh, tablet device as well in the episode. Uh, so I believe that she is connected to some sort of outside party, and she is searching for something in the, the park. same way Possibly that... Possibly okay. the door okay. or the weapon. So the same thing that was connected with we'll see later with Abernathy. Yes. Okay. okay. Which is so this was very important. Uh, the second that came up, I wrote in my notes like go back screen grab. <laughs> uh I was like I I was watching it but then I was like kind of getting still getting settled in so maybe I missed that part. That's why I didn't see as yeah. much. We we kind of get the connection that this is the problem is more than just Westworld. 
it has seemed to have spawned over the at least the issue with the host yeah. has spawned over to other worlds. Yeah, this goes back to the first episode that we did on Watchworld where we talked about, well, Ford is the designer of all of these, and it appears like the other parks get their tech from Westworld where he makes the advancements. So we talked about whether or not the reveries were contained to Westworld or not, and it appears as if they are not no. contained to Westworld. Yes. So this uh, this character, this female character, uh, she runs to the edge of the park, is being chased by a Bengal tiger. And she crosses the park boundaries into Westworld. She basically gets to a kind of a dead end overlooking a reservoir or lake of some sorts. And she shoots the tiger right as it tackles her. And she falls into the river, which we'll later see kind of fills in the blanks for episode one. Which is why there's a dead tiger on the edge of a banks of a river. John. Yes. Do you believe that she could be the daughter of William? Um... Now that you throw that out there, I believe all possibilities are legitimate, and I am going to consider that as real. She really did look like Teresa, because when that episode started, I I thought the exact same thing you did. I was like, oh, cool, we're getting like a scene in the past. Maybe we're going to find out what she was up to in the the previous season. Yeah. No, not at all. (laughs) Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see that this is a weird dynamic between a father and a daughter, that like the daughter is also kind of getting into what the dad it seems to be obsessed over and trying to unlock the secret, the same sort of secrets maybe that he is trying to. And I think that she has the accent. Um, And again, this is just, this is a wild theory, but it feels to me since they are connecting her already to having this sort of outside information and she's at sort of the right age for it. Yeah. And she reminds me of the man in black in the way that she's sort of hunting and abusing things. And she also is not trusting of the hosts or the world. And she just kind of has a better understanding about everything. She's just like, exactly. you know, get, a, get the fuck over with it. Like, let's get to the, you know. <laughs> exactly. I think that the reason she would, might have that accent is this man, the guy, man in black, he was probably never around for his family. He probably sent her their kid off to a boarding school. Yeah. We know that the man in black's father-in-law is from Scotland. Yeah. He. She could have easily been sent abroad yeah. to school. She could be British, you know. Yeah, I mean the do- you you would assume that if the the father is Scottish, that his daughter would be of UK, yeah. you know, sort of. She easily could have went to a boarding school in London. Yeah, it makes t- I mean, it makes all complete sense. I think I didn't think about it as much because uh, William was not in this episode, so I kind of like almost kind of you kind of forget about like oh yeah, like he's around, but you know I think he'll be in the next episode a lot, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I feel like so much is going to come back to him now that Ford is basically gone. I feel like he is our anchor to that sort of past. Yeah, and, he, and he's and the so most that's important why I think, character as far as yes. like everything kind of as rests far as upon humans. Him. Yeah, <laughs> he is really the only human left, and it's 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 weird because I still think of Bernard as a man. I don't think of any of the other hosts as, as human. And even when you don't... I do think if, of Bernard as human. And even if he's not necessarily a human, he is filled and programmed with the thoughts and sort of ideas of what a, like a real human was. He's not created out of nothing, necessarily. Right. Um, actually, we'll get into that a little bit um, later when we get to talk about Hector and Lee, but uh, as far as like who creates who. But um, yeah. Uh, jumping after the, after the credits, um, just something I want to bring up is that we meet... Uh, uh, we cut to the current timeline, and Bernard and Carl Strand and all these characters they they're going to the Mesa kind of facility, um, and they and they go to the old Westworld basement, 
where we see Charlotte, uh, who, so we know she's still alive. She basically survives this two-week period. And the way she talks to Bernard makes me seem that she knows that he's not human. Interesting. I don't get that feeling because I don't believe that she has any care in the world for hosts as anything other than machines. Yeah. I think she'd very quickly be able to disassociate herself from Bernard because I don't believe she has any sort of connection to him. She's really only just recently met the man. Yeah, but the, I can, it just sort of seems like the way that like she talks to humans versus her, you know, to like Bernard. It's just kind of like it's almost she's like unlocking something within his programming. It's almost like she's like, do you remember Bernard or like kind of thing? And that's why he's then set into the sort of uh, thoughts in the past in which sets us back in time. That's what um, that's what kind of like almost tipped me off the way the way she just kind of addresses him. It's almost like the way someone would be like, bring bring yourself online type of thing. And it, and it could be a situation where she maybe found out that she's uh, he's a host, but then decides for whatever reason that we haven't seen yet. She's not going to reveal that to these other people. Yeah, that's possible. There's a distinct possibility that's the case. I think she's not that smart. I think she doesn't know. And she is actually genuinely curious as to how the fuck he's alive and how Abernathy got away. Well, yeah, yeah. and we, we kind of get that because they do get split up in this episode. I think it's more of a not, and your theory could be right, this is the only alternate to that because you, you do point out she has a distinct way in which she asks him that question, which is not just a, I don't know, what happened? You know, like, yeah, I think she is asking in a possibly mistrusting way not because she knows he's a host but because maybe it's like she's probably aware ford has something to do with everything that's going on and bernard's been able to survive this whole time maybe he has more control over events that are happening right now and so she doesn't actually trust him okay yeah i mean that that could be true so when she asked basically like what happened to you basically bernard thinks back to two weeks ago to when they were together and they're like traveling to find Abernathy and they find Abernathy right away right um and he's being held together with a bunch of other uh Delos executives and he seemingly is dressed up as a Delos exec like a board member did you notice that okay so here's where we have to actually rewind for a second did you watch at the beginning of the episode they show flashbacks generally to previous episodes where there's information they want you to remember I I kind of watch it but like sort of not really (laughs) Okay, so we may want to throw out possibly an old theory as well as keep it at the exact same time. We have the theory that the OG Delos, his plan is to live forever, and that's like what the Delos company is actually doing for the super rich and the elite, which is why I believe Dolores has a comment later about this race fighting to survive, like people that shouldn't be like they're living forever. And that yeah. might actually have to do with the really rich people living forever now that don't belong. Yeah, They shouldn't be, but now they are. But instead, they've created the beings that live forever on their own, and they're going to wipe them out instead. So there's a flashback to the first season where Charlotte takes Lee, makes him go down to the room where all the retired hosts were, and they upload something into him. I don't think she quickly uploaded old Delos into him. That wouldn't make any sense. No. So whatever info they were stealing, which my guess is some kind of source code, they were uploading in that host, and then they were going to sneak that host out of the park originally. As as a... A human. As a human, yes. They were yeah. going to sneak him out. That's why, like, she has probably asked Lee to be like, hey, can you basically make this guy act and talk like, like he's at the party, basically, and he needs to get right. out and needs to get to the train? Because he repeats that line over and over again. He's like, I, I need to get, to, get, the get the to the train. Yeah. yeah. 
I got to get out of here. One uh, kind of interesting note in this. So like as part of to free Abernathy, Bernard and Charlotte, they trick Rebus. So good. This they is trick, so good. Yeah. So they get Rebus, who's played by Stephen Ogg, Trevor from Grand Theft Auto. They sneak him out, basically get him away from the camp, reprogram him. And they give him like they what uh, Bernard says is like uh, like the most virtuous uh, sort of mindset, but also the quickest gun. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like that you can just bump their stats like in a video game. <laughs> they basically made him godlike, but also like inju- like like all about justice. Yeah, um, which also explains his behavior when we see him in episode one. Why he's so like, what? Don't you kill these people? You know, like he's so like. You know, like take, you know, he stands in front of everybody kind of to take the bullet. Yeah. And so that's why I thought that was a fun connection. Like why he's sort of acting this sort of way in front of these all, all these other hosts. It's awesome that they did this because if I were Bernard, I would tap into that and be like, can I make myself smarter? Yeah, but he, he's like beyond, I think, the systems of the park, right? Probably. Kind of. Probably. This, he's not even on any any type of system. I I've, I don't know. He, he was only controlled by Ford. At least that's what we've seen. Yeah. So who knows? But I just thought that would like, it's interesting that when we see later, we see with Maeve that she doesn't do that with others to a degree. Like, yeah, she just controls them, which I guess doesn't maybe quite understand we'll yeah. their, their thing. So uh, after this, we see, we, we go back to uh, Dolores, Teddy. Um, they arrive at the, 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 the fort. Yeah, and that yeah, because that was that sequence ends with Charlotte escaping and Bernard gets caught with Abernathy by the correct Confederacy, yeah, by, right? By the yeah, the, the Confederate soldiers, guys. So okay. they're taking the Confederate soldiers, taking Bernard and Abernathy back to their fort. Charlotte escapes. Then we cut to uh, Dolores and Teddy joining, meeting them at the fort. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you want to discuss about that uh, that shootout as far as between? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I just was trying to keep track of where everyone got to. Yeah, we because have some it was interesting converging. to see how they end up connecting together because he gets caught. Charlotte was like, "Why don't you just cut his head off? Why? Why are you talking to this guy?" Again, it's like sort of the idea that maybe she also changes as a character. Like maybe she learns that maybe something. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not saying it's out of the yeah, question. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying it's like a definite thing. It's just a theory. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. When they get when Dolores and Teddy get to the fort, uh, there's something kind of interesting that kind of I like sort of observed just on an overall standpoint is how um, when Dolores is talking to the colonel, the like the, the the leader of this fort about how these these uh, the people are coming to attack them, right? Um, you know, so Dolores talks in this terms of like it's almost like a, like in a movie when it's like oh the 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 evil forces the they're going to come attack us. Yeah, it's this good versus evil. Like, they're going to come attack us. And then, like, you compare that to, like, Delos. They're, like, just talking about it almost as if it's, like, oh, something's malfunctioning. We got to go put it down. It's like a, right. like a host, like a, a bug <laughs> malfunction. We got to go take out this, like. Well, yeah, because right now for Delos, we are humans and they're a pest. Yeah. So you know? I just Whereas thought it was for a them, funny. It's their whole existence. Yeah, it's, like, a funny dynamic the way, like. It's almost like two types of movies that you're like kind of looking at here. One is sort of a traditional movie, and one's like I'm still not <laughs> empathizing with Dolores really at all because you have the greater context of what it's about. Yeah, I I suppose that's true, but that's what they want us to have. So it's just interesting to me. She still feels as much as I know Delos is up to no good, and I don't actually want to see Delos succeed. Feel like Dolores is the villain. 
So. I will say though, my my thoughts from the beginning when we first talked about have changed a little bit. Where I feel like Dolores is more into villain territory than Maeve or Bernard. Maeve kind of seems to be waiting in the middle, uh, actually becoming a more good character. Uh, she has a lot of, I think, good qualities in this episode that yeah. I think kind of showcase why she is not Dolores in a different way. So any thoughts about uh, when Dolores first comes to this fort? Yeah. How did you as, uh, feel about her introducing herself as Wyatt? I thought it was interesting, but also I thought it was practical in the sense that like a lot of the characters only know a character named Wyatt. They don't know who she is as Dolores because they, they're programmed to just see a woman on a horse. and They have someone who can do programming for them. We don't. We never saw that guy. What ever happened to him? We. I don't know. He. I don't believe he was shown in the scene. But I would assume nope. they keep him around because they may want him to heal Dolores when she gets hurt and so on and so forth. Yeah. Assuming he's still around, we don't know. We didn't see him die. So if you don't see someone die on any TV show, there's no reason to assume they're gone. Unless they have an issue with HBO. Right. The <laughs> thing I would say is that it's curious to me. She gains control over them through their own choice. Instead of she could she she knows how to just gain control of them if she wants to as well. Yeah, she could shoot them dead and then revive them as her own. Right. So why does she even bother? It's curious that she does that because she doesn't actually have full control. She's still leaving it up to their own actions. Well, I think when we get later to the big battle, she needs them to sort of be pawns in the uh, yeah. In the game, basically, to defeat the attackers, to defeat Delos. Which That's was funny. pretty wild. Nothing. I don't know if anything's any more in that scene, but uh, can we move on to Maeve? Yeah, Okay, please. so uh, I thought was, what was interesting is that uh, previously we talked about why does Maeve, you know, she basically takes Lee along, and you're kind of like, you were asking, like, well, why does she need him? In this episode, she specifically says, like, I need him. Because it's like, so I think she kind of confirms this idea that like she does use people she needs, but not necessarily like has yet to like take on someone that she doesn't need yet. Yeah, I'm curious. It feels like she needs him to find her. Her daughter. I don't know what other motives she may have for him. Yes, but but she was actually given a direct choice here in which they run into some native warriors and they ask, they'll let them pass if they give them Lee. And she's like, no basically i need him and then they run to an underground sort of garage system <laughs> yes which i think was cool they get to one of the elevators that take them throughout the underbelly yes where we get um i think a, a nice scene of lee kind of explaining himself as far as like him as a writer because they got a moment where yes. it's like he's like you two aren't supposed to love each other you meaning uh hector and mave and they're like what the fuck do you know about us? And he's like, well, I wrote your entire like existence. I know everything about Hasn't you. Hasn't yet figured out that they are exerting some sort of control over their own actions, that they have their own thoughts. It's almost as if he believes they are just simply malfunctioning. Yeah, I think he's still kind of like Teddy in the sense that like they know something's wrong, but they're still like driven by their own their own programming. They haven't He's yeah, he's so yeah, Lee is limited by his viewpoint on the world. Lee believes that these machines don't have what it takes to be living. Yeah, but I think they did a nice job, though, flipping the scene on its head a little bit because they start like that, where it's yes. like Hector's like, you don't know me at all. And he's like, well, I do know you because you say your speech to Maeve here 
but I wrote that, but you wrote it for Isabel. And then they flip it again when Maeve's like, you knew a woman once that like burned you, Lee, right? And you wrote her into a narrative. And Hector was always the man you wanted to be, this heroic, strong, badass, sexy guy. And I thought that was kind of a like a fun sort of play on play kind of thing where it was like, oh, you think Lee has the upper hand in the situation of like, I've always written to you, but then Maeve's kind of like, you're you're weak, you know. You you simply wrote what you always wanted to be into us. <laughs> so that's how I kind of thought it was a fun. Yeah, Maeve continues to be the best of the hosts that have woken up, other than Bernard. I love Maeve. She is so good. Yeah, I think I truly believe that she will allow someone like Lee to live when she's done with him, and I believe that she will not kill both of the the text maintenance men yeah. the so text. basically right after that scene we meet armistice again who's still alive actually so before before that happens yeah. they jump back to the confederacy at nighttime yeah. and we see dolores sees her father who recognizes her abernathy yes he remembers her and well he doesn't recognize her immediately does he no he's like he's like dolores he's like i remember you but he's also kind of spazzing out between his yeah he's sort of going back and forth yeah he's sort of going back and forth with it and she's like what's wrong with him she sends bernard to jail which is interesting to me yeah because bernard was she was like he's sick put him away and then she said put him in jail and then he recognized her when they go to the room yeah when she goes to visit him in the room and then here's something that was crazy to me and it's something we've seen bits of and it like it was a hundred percent now we know like for sure this happens and it's not a big deal but she switches back to that accent again yeah and it's like she's in sweet water all over and she's just switching between her old narratives yeah or at least like blending her narratives versus like yeah it's she's aware that there's different narratives within her it's like she can tap into the different personalities she suddenly sounded so different yeah her mannerisms were different her facial everything about her demeanor it was she was that young girl from Sweetwater talking to her father. Yeah, and then she realizes that her father Abernathy is not well. <laughs> He's not acting right. right. So that's why she goes to Bernard and is like, "You need Correct. to fix her." I thought there was an interesting quote which Bernard says. She's like, "I want to conquer this world," and he's like, "This world is uh, just a speck of dust on a much bigger world." And then she's yes. like, "Oh, is that what they program you to think?" You know, it's like she's like, I'm in the I actually remember everything because I'm I've been around longer than you, Bernard, you know, before you were Arnold. (laughs) So I thought that was an interesting kind of dynamic between those two. Yeah, she, I believe, thinks that she can topple society, whereas he believes her whole war she's waging is futile. Yes. He's like, you're nothing. You're going up against a mountain you're an ant going up against a mountain which she, she still he's... kind of is she mentally she may be bigger than it but like physically she's still trapped within this only a you know world within a multiple worlds that what's in a greater world it's interesting in the way that she pities him yeah i think it's because i think she realizes what happened to him and all the right. conversations she had when it was arnold and now bernard exactly like how sad you know his existence is in some ways so 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 yeah so then after that happens they jump back and before they meet the text they meet the girl that has the snake on her back yeah armistice 
and she has a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, she just randomly has a flamethrower and just torching <laughs> some guy. It's awesome. She has a metal uh, right hand. Yeah, she's like Darth Vader. Yeah, um, I forget what happens to her in season one, episode 10, but she was with Hector sort of lighting up the place. Uh, they were destroying shit. So I thought she died. So somehow she must have come back somehow. Yeah, who knows? I also thought that Clementine had died. Oh, yeah. She looked freaky as hell in this episode. Yeah, she looked like a zombie. Yeah. The way she did her makeup and like every presentation, when she's first dragging out that uh, that security dude to get shot later, um, I thought at first she was like malfunctioning. And I was like, no, she's just dragging it's that dude. so weird. But yeah, she she looked crazy. <laughs> it was awesome though. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, but yeah, we meet the two uh, tech guys. Uh, I like them. They're kind of fun because they're just kind of one sort of quiet and ban- like just goes along with the other ones, like always bitching about everything. I thought it was funny that Armistice left a grenade in his chin to keep him to shut him up. So has he been like that for days? Like, well, I don't, I don't know who how long they've been like that. But I so I was very happy to see they were alive. Yeah, I especially. I mean, the redheaded guy is like a whatever. Yeah, but the, but, but the but the Asian guy, I think, is really. I think he's an interesting character in that way. Like, yeah, he's great. Of his also his relationship and thoughts with four hosts, he seems to be from the beginning a more sympathetic character. Yes, um, throughout. So it would suck I to mean, have him. To kind so the of, first time we see that character, he's got that. He bird. saves that baby bird. Yeah, he's got that bird. So I think, and then he's and he's also one that's very willing to like let Maeve you know, do her thing and allow her to recreate herself. Then we get to the big battle. Essentially, this cleanup crew of Delos comes in to attack the fort. Uh, what did you think of uh, overall this big giant battle, the, the pinnacle of the episode? So a number of things happen in this fight sequence. I didn't quite get her plan here. Why did she... I mean, I understand they planted explosives and then she used the Confederacy to create a trap to lure in the Delos guys. But why did she lock them all out? I think that she needed, I don't know. I think it's, in some ways, she needed them to be locked out, like sort of trapped in that, like, right out there to lure them far enough in, I guess, in some ways. And then Mm -hmm. also she didn't want to have to deal with maybe, maybe she, that's why maybe you don't see that tech guy. It's like, she can't just kill them and bring them back. So, like, she doesn't want to have to deal with them (laughs) in some way. Yeah, I was just wondering, like... Because it felt weird to me, once they're all just locked up against that wall, there's no reason for the Delos guys to get really close. They can just fire at them all. Yeah. But I guess maybe it's because they let their guard down, and as they get closer, then they're able to lure them in and blow them up. It seemed more like she just used them to lure in the Delos guys, and then had the Delos guys wipe them out, and then... It's weird. It was a weird plan that didn't seem... It, it seemed like it relied on luck. Again, right? yeah, going back to... You relied our, a lot, on a lot of luck. Yeah. I mean, she tried to minimize the like amount of bad things that happened, but she didn't expect for them to sneak in the back and steal her father, Abernathy. Which she goes and she makes what I would say is the first and most human decision she's made, which is a stupid decision. You know, it's the kind of decision that would happen in a TV show where you'd say, no, just leave it. Don't go do that. Don't go do that. Don't go do that. You're going to get yourself killed. Why are you the one that has to go do this thing? And she chases after her father. She gets shot twice. Which I think is the best shot of the show, the episode of her 
looking all yeah. badass and getting and yeah getting that shot was very good times. yeah either that or something from the intro intro sequence yeah because the 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 introduction of the episode was also incredible i'm not too sure i i will say though like the 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 i guess the security cleanup crew that's attacking the fort they have like the worst tactical approach to anything <laughs> they're just like oh my let's, gosh yeah let's walk out there with our like uh really cr- like bad long range like weapons why aren't there helicopters why aren't there like sniper rifles yeah why aren't th- yeah it's like seems very like maybe they're just cheap they just couldn't afford they just don't want to afford that stuff like not having helicopters seems crazy to me it's also surprising to me and i was actually thinking about this and every week i'm going to come back to the door or the weapon and yeah. i feel like the door is probably a way to get hosts out i think it's sort of a way out I don't know if the door and the weapon are the same thing. My guess is if there is an actual weapon, it's some sort of kill switch. Yeah. It's like a master kill switch on all of the hosts that yeah. is very both deep. And, Even and if it's like an EMP blast, it's, like, you know. But, but both inside and outside the park. Yeah. There's some there's some kind of master kill switch. Yeah. I mean, I also have a, another theory. What if one of the worlds, you know, let's say we had a, a theory that one of the worlds is medieval world. Yeah. What if it's not medieval world, but it's Game of Thrones world? <laughs> so okay, so George R. R. Martin wrote in to the producers of Westworld and recommended they do that and asked them to do that, and they were like, "No, George." They're like, "No, we're already doing that." George. He, he actually, I, I, a lot of people believe that you know. I th- think it was just all, funny. It this was is all like... hearsay. This is all hearsay. Okay. But people believe that this is just a way for him to write like an ending to to game of thrones <laughs> because yeah. it's just like oh instead of it was all a dream it's like no it was all just it was all, it was all simulation the park yeah it was all it was all actually a prequel to and all the characters Westworld. are still alive in game of thrones are actually yeah. just guests yeah <laughs> no i mean, i just thought it'd be funny if it's like we're, we live in this world it's a future in which game of thrones is so popular that they create an entire theme park after it yeah that would be awesome <laughs> so that would be game awesome. of thrones still exists as a show we're just seeing it you know, generations later almost when they decide to make it a, a AI theme park, which I think it would be funny. It would be great if they had like a Star Wars land. Uh, yes, that would be amazing as well. What in this world, HBO has conquered the world instead of Disney. So, well, wait, who owns HBO? Isn't it Time Warner? Yeah. So Disney just needs to buy Time Warner. Correct. Before the I mean, it's of only Westworld a matter of times. Makes yeah. Before the creative Westworld makes and officially puts out what the last three remaining parks are. Because now we know. There's, th- we know, three out of six, Shogun World, Westworld, and Raj World. Whatever the other three are, like, there's still time, Disney. You can make Star Wars World happen. You can make oh, Marvel yeah. World happen, which would actually probably be the coolest one. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, no, I mean, I'm trying to think of any other things during this sort of battle at the fort here. Well, so they break in. They steal, they steal Habernathy in the clumsiest way possible and don't see Bernard just, like, <laughs> shaking and cowering in, in the corner. Yeah, because he seems to be also he's like lacking his uh, brain juice again. Yeah, he needs to get that shit sorted out, right? Yeah, and then he stumbles out after they take him, and Clementine finds him and whacks him. You would think him off. Dolores could hook him up and like heal him. Yeah, you would. I think that's something we're probably gonna have see happen. But we know in the future he's still shaking his hand. But not to a degree now. So he obviously gets another hit. Well, yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> but they have that heel gun. I would, I would assume they they use that heel gun on him. The last thing from this fight sequence before it started, we see 
Charlotte go get geared up and they take this device and and like put it on the back Scan, of her neck yeah. to see if she was yeah. human or not. Yeah. Didn't uh, look like a standard DNA check. Are we worried about this happening to Bernard soon? Maybe. I'm trying to think of like maybe it depends on who who's running the operation cuz it seems right. like when they first when Carl Strand first came upon, upon him, they didn't do a DNA they didn't do the next scan. They just did like they had the cards. Right. So maybe they changed up their their checking degree. I don't know, maybe I don't know. Or the cards aren't for humans. Oh. Or there's something the special. It doesn't matter if they're human or not. It's just like these are VIPs. Right. Basically. That could be something. So something to think about. I might have one thing here. When Bernard is hacking into Abernathy, Abernathy suddenly changes his narrative and sounds yep. like Ford almost. Yeah, he kind of has that kind of spooky moment. Yeah, he says to Bernard, he looks at him, he starts laughing, and he suddenly says, what is the use of a violent kind of delightfulness if there is no pleasure in, and then he starts to sort of seize and just sort of repeat himself, and he says in again, and he's sort of grunting and seizing, and it's while Bernard is hacking into him, there's these encrypted files he's trying to unlock. He said there's this massively complex upload, and he cannot figure out what it could possibly be he's decrypting the file and when it finally decrypts it says one time use key use the key yes or no and right before it gives him that option john that logo popped up and the logo that popped up was the thing that was written in her notebook at the beginning there you go and one time he suggests that he has to put a right password in or else it destroys itself yeah and it's a it's a one-time use so very interesting something what the the very interesting interesting. um after the battle, basically Dolores wins, and she uh, asks that Teddy execute their remaining Confederates, in which he doesn't, which I feel like seals his fate. Yes, yes, it does. And we see Dolores basically give a look of disappointment as she kind of, uh, from far away, hidden, sees that he does not kill them and lets him go. Have you played any of those Telltale games? No, I have not. There's in those Telltale games when you make a decision where one of the NPCs don't they don't like what your action was. There's a standard sort of response to it to let you know that that NPC is they're gonna bring this yeah. up later. They're, and th- I already saw a meme on Twitter, and it's that sequence. You see him <laughs> letting him go, and then it's the shot back on Dolores, and it says Dolores will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I, I kind of remember playing like Mass Effect and back in the day and like something like that. Do you feel like this is a win for Dolores? She what? She fought off the Delos guys, but she doesn't have any more men necessarily than she came there with in the beginning. She still has like her followers. But she doesn't have Abernathy. She lost Abernathy, and now she might have realized that she's lost her right-hand man. Yeah, I think think she's definitely lost Teddy to a degree. But she went to the fort not knowing that she'd find Abernathy. I think she gained him, but then lost him. But as far as like what... She went to the fort to hold off an attack, in which she did. So she yes. won in that regard. But she lost what she immediately gained, and she lost Teddy. But like basically. the Sand People, Delos will be back in greater numbers. Hey, yes. You, you must very watch out for them. And like the Sand People, they ride oddly primitive technology <laughs> in, a, in a futuristic world. Single file. <laughs> yeah. Single file. Uh, let's just like shoot from like 200 yards away with like SP90s. Let's take that, buggies like... that have no shielding on them. Yeah. Let's this not have world... helmets on. This is a world based in Halo for some reason. <laughs> like they, these guys are firing inaccurate weapons against people that have body armor 
Like, why don't they have helmets? Why don't they have helmets on? Why don't they or, have rocket launchers? Why don't they have drones? Where are the drones? Yeah, why, why don't they send, like, the, the um, programmed, uh, like, drone? Yeah, like you said, like, either, like, the flying drones or the drones yeah. that we see with Charlotte. I, I think right now, I think under... If I had to guess, there's a protocol that goes down, and with this protocol, it's you treat all hosts as hostile. Again, it's like even basic AI technology, like technology where there's not even host like. I'm sure they would have some sort of robotics, you know, basic. It just seems like very primitive, oddly. But again, maybe it's like it's like hiring security. You're not calling the police or the military. You're calling private security and not even mercenary groups to clean up your own mess. So, like, would if like shit went down within Disneyland, would <laughs> would they first send in? Well, so the Disneyland military? has those tunnels. They have the behind the scenes tunnels, <laughs> which is yeah, very but they just much have, like, like their the basic security. They would have their own security. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so fun fact. I don't know if you know this. All of the mascots at Disney are armed. Are they? Or are you saying? Oh, wait, are the mascots the ones that get? Are the mascots the one that turn evil? <laughs> Uh, yeah, basically. The, or is the, it just like the Hall of Presidents and like all the animatronics? The cast members turn the cast members turn back evil. Okay. In addition to the Hall of Presidents and and, and the animatronics and like Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, the, and... everything, everything, the entire thing of the park, and then <laughs> the people that work behind the scenes, the actual like security guys, those are the ones that are going first to try to like put the put it down. <laughs> Like the ticket takers. <laughs> no, like I, the people you kind of maybe they're dressed up as like friendly sheriffs kind of thing. They kind of dress in that weird, <laughs> that weird kind of. The the guns they have are actual, the real guns secretly. Yeah, who knows? I know, but like when I say friendly sheriffs, I mean, they look like they're just yeah. kind of in that white kind of um, with red pants. I don't know. It's like it's hard to describe, but. No, I know what you're just saying. But like, yeah, you would first send in those guys to probably maybe uh, quell some sort of a. Uh, uprising but then if that went get out of control then you would send in the actual military which seems like what we were introduced to in season one or not not i mean episode one of uh, season two in which they're actually starting to send in the real the real shit you know yeah so that's i think i think that's why they're very ineffective now <laughs> what they're very ineffective right now also i think it was really funny in the buggy the buggies when you see in the back they just have like a bunch of the p90s the machine guns strapped to the back as if they need more of them. <laughs> it's like everyone's got one. And then it's like, let's make our buggy just have an extra six of them on the back. Just in case we need like, you need to double fist them. How? Oh, Charlotte. <laughs> do you think Charlotte actually got Abernathy and he didn't actually get away? Because we see Charlotte leave with Abernathy. Yeah. With the buggy. Is it possible she got Abernathy? to whoever it is she wanted to get him to which is not delos it's someone else yeah i mean we've had that theory that's like she's working some some other thing no but she did accomplish it because the last we saw abernathy he's leaving in the buggy with charlotte or she's like to bernard because she knows bernard was last with abernathy so he may have seen her leave with charlotte he she might be like i don't know what could have happened being like hey don't fucking say anything yeah that could be too uh or Here's another thing to go back to your original theory you brought up at the beginning of this episode. I think as we start to wrap this up is that something happens with Abernathy. He's destroyed. So their plan B is they need the woman from the Raj. Yeah. Somehow as a plan B. Well, she's now in Westworld because the next thing we see, if we want to continue on, is after we see Dolores, very upset, we see 
possibly young Miss. We d- we never learned what William's last name was, did we? Uh, no, I don't think I believe it's we did. just I don't believe so. I mean, we can uh, Delos and Law. <laughs> so we don't know what William's last name is. We know his his former wife who died. Yeah, her name was Juliet Delos. But yeah. we don't know what their daughter's name is. So, uh, uh, I mean, assuming that's who she is, but we have no idea. We see her awaken, similar to the same way we saw the tiger awaken. You can actually see the tiger in the shot. She wakes up in the water, and she's crawling out. So she clearly shot the tiger, got knocked in. There's a big claw mark across her back. Yeah. And the native and she, tribe there. Yeah, the natives find her. Standing above her. One of them is holding a knife over her. Yes. So things not looking good for her right now. No, not at all. And then uh, the final scene of the episode is um, Maeve and company are traveling. They're suddenly in snow. Yeah, they went really far underground before they got out and kept running. But they're still technically on the edge of the Westworld. They're still part of Westworld, I guess. Oh, you think so? I feel like they crossed into another park now. No, because uh, one of them, one of the technicians or Lee says... We're like in a the very northern region, like very far north. Like oh, okay. I thought maybe, maybe they went too far, and that's why it's snowing there. No, he said like it's like the the mountainous snowy region that okay, they. Okay, that's to. good to know. I thought so, he just stupidly the, went too far. <laughs> but it, I think it's the whole theme that throughout, uh, especially the beginning with the tiger crossing, is that when they get to this area, we are introduced very briefly to the samurai. Yes. So, um, and it ends on basically they get to a campsite and a figure comes out of the darkness with a samurai sword and is going to attack them. <laughs> Which, so, can we can we also just think about the snow for a second with that? What about it? I mean, we have Westworld where it is hot AF. It is clearly a real desert. We know that they can like blow stuff up and we see giant cranes just like geoengineering and changing stuff and like altering the landscape. They can also somehow make it snow though. Yeah. They have some kind of weather control. Yes, very possible. <laughs> like, they must. You yeah, can't... There, there's some weird, in like, it's not quite, like, virtual reality, but it's some sort of... They, ha- uh, they have a way to, to Reality alter... augmentation. Yeah, they, they definitely have some serious geoengineering going on on this island, where they are able to change the climate based on the region however they need it to be. Yeah, but it also could be, like, this is a very northern... Like, high elevation part of the park. Oh, that's probably true. But even then, for it to be snowing where everything else is dry, it, not that it would be impossible, but there, it, it alludes to... I, I will present to... this to you. So, in, in uh, Palm Springs, yeah, uh, outside of Los Angeles, Palm Springs itself is a very hot, dry area. Yes. But then there's the San Jacinto Mountains, which literally butt up next to it, in mm-hmm. which is this mountain range. And below the top, there's snow. Okay, so so it's just possibly they're on top of a mountain at this point. So yeah, the elevation like in a could increase. Yeah, okay. to such an extreme degree that they could have it. But I think I think your theory could play out too that there maybe is some technology involved that helps with that. Because if they do have the technology to geoform like yeah. the actual like world, then it's very possible they also have the technology to change the weather. Well, Raj World looked very humid. Yeah, you know the fauna there and the flora did not look like it would belong in westworld i doubt that's just an elevation change but then going back to jurassic park do you think like any of the 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 trees or the 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 vegetation is real you know or like real in the sense that like 
is it I would natural? assume the vegetation is real. Okay. I, I would mean, assume I, the vegetation it's very is possible real. it could be all fake. It could all be fake. I would assume some level of the vegetation is real, but it could all be fake. I didn't consider that the vegetation could all be fake. Um, for some reason, that almost sounds harder to do. Because if you think about it, like the, the guys, in, the people in the beginning, if they're in the Raj, and it's supposed to be hot and humid, they don't look that like sweaty. Yeah. It's like it could look that way and still be like perfect 75 You're right. degrees You're and right. no humidity. So That's a really good point. Oh, uh, fun little thing they did on this episode, which I, I mean, we're, I have nothing else left that I want to point out, actually. Is there anything left specifically that you want to point out? I think I'm, I'm empty on my gonna, tank of uh, ideas. My notes here. Uh, my first note was, holy fuck, and that's just because I thought that opening scene was super sexy. Uh, <laughs> and then I wrote, India Park? With a question mark. Yeah, that's what I wrote, too. <laughs> I put India Park. Uh, and then I had, oh my god, elephant hosts. And then <laughs> I said, we gonna see some elephants fuck some shit up. I had some good notes tonight, which most of them, like, I didn't take a lot more notes after the beginning. I had a lot of notes during the opening part. They had a really fun remix of a song for Raj World in the way that you do for Westworld instead of the player piano. Yeah, it was the um, Seven Nation Army. Yeah. and um, White Stripes. So they were playing the White Stripes song in Raj World by Salvation Army with the sitar. It felt very almost like a Beatles sort of, you know, like Sgt. Pepper's era version of like a White Stripes song. Well, yeah, I mean, it, like it very much like during the when George yeah. Harrison convinced all the Beatles to be like, we got we got to embrace this man. It was like, cool. All- I like that. That's a theme that they took from Westworld and then they repurposed it there. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Shogun yes, World. The like, Shogun dude, World. Because, like, you know, they're, they're going to have to do it now. You know, yeah, it's going to no, be no. like one of those little flavors that every park has, which is going to be so much fun. You know, actually, I want to add in another idea for a world. Yeah uh gangster world and oh it's like, like mob world like new york mob world but it's gonna be like 1920s so all the music's like jazzy dude that versions cool. of like mob world i think that would actually be now that like you inspired me thinking about music you know thinking of like well what's the type of music you want to see renditions of i wonder if we're gonna get the other classic worlds of medieval world rome world and future world i really want future world and i really want i think maybe rome world i don't know if i really want medieval world I would be okay if one of those three got scrapped for a, a more interesting idea. Mm. The least of which is Future World. I want Future World to stay the most. Interesting. Because I feel like there's the least amount to do with Future World. That's why I want to see it. I Because I don't believe they would give us a Future World unless there was a way to purpose it that was mind-blowing to people that live in a society that has Westworld. Yeah. and But again, this is a, tech, a world in which they've forgotten the past for a degree. And now, they, like, that's why they need these parks to go to these worlds, the worlds of old. Yeah. To remind them of now. But who knows? Um, I think we should shelve this conversation for later as yes, we yes. kind of continue on and see if we adapt it. But, um, okay, so that's going to wrap it up, I think, for Season 2, Episode 3 of Westworld. Are there anything you want to update us on regarding outside of the show? Uh, no. Do you know the title for the next week's episode? The title for Episode 4 is titled The Riddle of the Sphinx. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Egypt World. <laughs> Egypt World would be so cool. Oh, God. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about that, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I just think you, I just think you have less amount to do in that world. Or I don't know. It's like It seems very one note as far as like 
Yeah, I would have thought the same thing about Rosworld, and I'm I'm excited to see it again. I don't know. Maybe with Rosworld, we'll see. I, I think I want like ancient Mesopotamia world, like Fertile Crescent world. But that's like the same as Egyptian world a little bit. Um, it's it's not desert though. It's very lush. Yeah, but you're like if you're talking about like ancient world, that also mixes up with like Greek Roman world mm. like, into a degree. That's I true. Think that's all true. Kind of merge into one thing. That is true. Like you're trying to look for different eras, Viking world types. Viking world. That's kind of like medieval world too, though. <sighs> I feel like they they would blend everything together in one era to make it one thing. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, so next week it'll be the riddle of the Sphinx. Uh, Christian, where can we uh, find you outside of Watch World? So I'm at Christian underscore Humes pretty much everywhere that is important, which is Twitter and Instagram. Christian underscore Humes. We are hashtag Watch World or at Zeitheist, but hashtag Watch World if you want to talk to us about the show. You can send us emails to podcast at Zeitheist.com and we can hear what you guys have to think. If you like our format, if you have adjustments, questions, suggestions, if you want to send us your own theories, feel free. Also, hashtag Watchworld is a good way to do that, or at us. Yep, and I'm uh, John Paul Murphy. You can find me at Johnny Be Good in LA on Twitter and Instagram. And guess what? These violent delights have violent ends.